Hello, listeners. This is Dr. J with another episode of Real Women in Conversation. The broadcast today is kind of of an addendum to my November blog that can be accessed at womeninconversation.weebly.com. In it, I discuss things we should be talking about as families, especially the scary subjects of death and dying. In that blog, I wrote about the need for all adult family members to have a last will and testament to give instructions to your family on how you want your estate divided after your death. And no matter how large or how small your estate is, it will be given to someone upon your death, both your assets and your liabilities. The question is whether the distribution is done via your instructions through a will by the state if you don't have a will. The blog talks about not only preparing a will, but also other legal documents you may need to let your wishes be known if you are unable to express yourself due to accident or illness. These documents include powers of attorney and a living will. The December blog will take this discussion further by talking about how you want to be cared for as you approach the end of your life. We have all watched as our grandparents or parents grew more and more feeble as they approached the end of life. If you were involved in their care, you know that sometimes they were not able to specifically express what ailed them or what they were concerned about. I'll address these issues and how you should document now your end of life decisions to ensure that you are cared for the way you want to be and not how someone else thinks you should be. Though I will address chronic illnesses in the December blog, there would not be enough allocated space to fully address an issue that impacts many families, and that is dementia, a gradual deterioration of mental sharpness. This is more than the forgetfulness that seniors occasionally experience. Memory loss has degrees. It can go from mild forgetfulness, where you may not remember why you entered a room, or you occasionally struggle for a second to recall a friend's name, to mild cognitive impairment, CMI, MCI, where you may lose things often, forget to go to an event or an appointment, or have trouble coming up with the words more than other people your age to Alzheimer's disease, a degenerative disease of the central nervous system, where over time, you find it hard to do everyday things like shopping, driving, and cooking. You initially you lose recent memories, forget your way home, forget the faces and associations with friends and family. You will eventually need someone to take care of all of your needs at home or in a nursing home. I know about this disease from personal experience. I watched as my maternal great-grandmother and grandmother and my paternal grandmother and grandfather succumbed to this disease. My mother was sliding down this slippery slope before she died of congestive heart failure. 
and I now have conservatorship for an 87-year-old aunt who currently doesn't recognize a single member of her family and is receiving comprehensive care for all of her needs in a nursing home. Thus, you can understand my personal interest in this subject since it seems that I am in the direct line of fire for this disease, given the genetic component. That is why I need to document now how I want to be cared for doing what Nancy Reagan's book called The Long Goodbye, and to dictate what I want my end-of-life experience to be. And I need to discuss my decisions with my family and ensure that my appointed healthcare agent is willing to abide by my decisions. That way, my caregivers will not feel guilty at the end. They will know that I made the choice to have what is termed a natural death. You may be asking, how do you die from Alzheimer's disease, from losing your memory? The simplest way to describe it is that you forget how to perform the functions we really don't think about because they come so naturally. They're on automatic, like swallowing. Very briefly, we remember experiences and data, and data becomes implanted in our brains via activity of nerve cells called neurons. All sensations, movements, thoughts, memories, and feelings are the result of signals that pass through these neurons. The exact cause of Alzheimer's disease, the causes aren't fully understood, but at the core are problems with brain proteins, beta amyloids and tau proteins, that fail to function properly. These proteins disrupt the work of neurons and unleash a series of toxic events where neurons are damaged, lose connections to each other, and eventually die. Parts of your brain dies, taking away your memory of how to function. It is then imperative that we remain aware of our own mental health as we age and that family members who interact with us often be observant and ask questions to assess the state of our mental health. If there is a concern, a doctor's visit for cognitive testing should be done. It may not be Alzheimer's disease. It could be some other medical condition, such as a bad reaction to a medication, depression, not eating enough healthy foods, or too few vitamins and minerals in your body, drinking too much alcohol, blood clots or tumors in the brain, a head injury such as a concussion from a fall or accident, or thyroid, kidney, or liver problems. There are some early signs of early onset dementia that we need to be aware of. These include when you see your family member leaving notes and reminders about simple tasks that they normally would not even need a reminder to do. When neighbors and friends share their concerns about the forgetfulness of this family member or you, your bills are not paid or they are overpaid. Your physical appearance, sometimes a person, particularly one who is particularly uh, well-dressed all the time, 
now wears wrinkled clothes and dirty clothes. There's a weight change because they forgot to eat. Driving issues, such as fender benders, parking in the wrong spot, forgetting how to get home from a shopping trip. Any behavior that's out of the ordinary. Picking up an object and using it inappropriately. Now, when I talk, think about this, I always think about the incident with my mom when uh, I went home to care for her in her final days. I did not know that in addition to her heart problems, she was long on the path to Alzheimer's until uh, two days in a row, I think, she came out of the bedroom dressing what she dressed herself with large white streaks on the sides of her face. So when I, when I asked her what they were, she could not remember what it was. I did not recognize that she had done it. So the next day I went in with her to make sure that she got dressed well and to look to see what was happening. And what I saw is that she picked up her deodorant, her stick deodorant. She knew there was something she was supposed to do with it, but she forgot what it was. So instead of putting it in her armpits, she swiped it on her face. So that was a telltale sign that she was way down the Alzheimer's path. Other signs of onset of Alzheimer's are saying things that are inappropriate, no filter, particularly for a person who has never done this before. There's changes in speech, the way they talk to you, changes in personality, such as apathy, social withdrawal, mood swings. They distrust other people. They're irritable and aggressive. There are changes in sleeping habits. They wonder, and there are delusions, such as believing something has been stolen or that someone is after them. I remember my grandmother and aunt displaying some of these characteristics. My grandmother, normally a very calm woman, would become very irritable at the slightest provocation. And she was a wanderer. Fortunately, people who knew her would see her on the street alone, pick her up, and deliver her to one of her daughters. She was a professional cook, but, the disease, but with this disease, she would forget that she had put something on the stove until the house was filled with smoke. After these incidents, it was apparent that she could no longer be left home alone. My aunt was not only a wanderer, but given to delusions that people were after her. As frail as she was when I went to bring her home to Alabama from California, she would push sofas across doorways to prevent the entrance of the colonel because he was out to get her. It is disheartening to watch once strong, proud women be reduced to this state. In each case, they left no indication of the kind of care they would prefer. Individual members of the family served or is serving as the healthcare proxy. After a lot of conversation among her children, my grandmother was eventually placed on a feeding tube when she forgot how to swallow. She lived for maybe another year, but was non-communicative and seemingly unaware of her surroundings. 
Every year, I have to go over the health care plan for my aunt with the nursing home. She has a do not resuscitate DNR order, which I used to feel guilty about, but have reconciled with myself that the injury sustained by using this procedure on a frail old woman would not yield a higher quality of life for her. I am leaning toward a natural death for her as well, which means that she will always receive comfort feeding and pain medication as needed. But when she forgets how to swallow, there will be no feeding tube. These are decisions I had to make because she made none for herself when she was able. Though there's no cure for Alzheimer's, there are some drugs that can delay its progression if it's detected early. Thus, it's imperative that you and your family and friends keep a sharp eye out for signs that, and take action when signs of onset are significant. You should also assess yourself now via the currently known risk factors. The first one is age. Increasing age is the greatest known risk factor, though there is a form of early onset Alzheimer's that has a genetic component. So if you're in the senior citizen age group, there's a great likelihood that you eventually will get Alzheimer's disease. Your family history and genetics. Your risk of developing Alzheimer's is somewhat higher if a first-degree relative, your parent or sibling, has the disease. I had a great-grandmother, two grandmothers, a grandfather, and a mother. I think I have the family history that dictates that I am at high risk for Alzheimer's. Down syndrome. Many people with Down syndrome develop Alzheimer's disease. Also, signs and symptoms of Alzheimer's tend to appear 10 to 20 years earlier in people with Down syndrome than they do for the general population. Sex. There appears to be little difference in risk between men and women, but overall, there are more women with the disease because they generally live longer than men. Mild cognitive impairment. People who have MCI have a significant risk of developing dementia. Past head trauma. Have you ever had a concussion, injured your head in a fall? If so, that is a risk for Alzheimer's disease. Poor sleep patterns. If you're not getting a full night's rest, seven, eight, nine hours of sleep per night, if you're waking up repeatedly, etc., that puts you at risk for Alzheimer's disease. Lifestyle and heart health. Research is now showing that the same risk factors associated with heart disease may also increase the risk of Alzheimer's disease. So take care of your heart, you're taking care of your brain. These, uh, risk, these uh, factors include lack of exercise, obesity, smoking or exposure to secondhand smoke, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and poorly controlled type 2 diabetes. The, the last risk factor listed is lifelong learning and social engagement. Studies have shown an association 
between lifelong involvement in mentally and socially stimulating activities and a reduced risk of Alzheimer's disease. Stay engaged, decrease your risk of Alzheimer's. But low education levels, less than a high school diploma, appears to be a risk factor for Alzheimer's. Go out there and take a class. There are a lot of colleges around that offer discount or free classes for seniors. Learn how to paint, take photography, learn a new language, stay engaged with your friends. These are ways to uh, reduce your risk of having this very debilitating disease. Stop now and assess your likelihood for contracting Alzheimer's by this list of risk factors. If you can check even one box, you need to make your healthcare desires known now via a living will. Investigate all the care options and talk to your family about your wishes for end-of-life care if you get this disease. Don't wait until someone else does it for you. Don't allow yourself to be at someone else's mercy. But even if you are at risk for Alzheimer's, it is not too late to plan great life experiences, such as trips to places you've always wanted to visit, adventures you've always wanted to have, and development of a plan to have a good end of life. It's not too late. Go for it. Wouldn't you rather have the end of life that you've dictated versus one that someone else has decided for you? Do yourself a favor. Come up with your end of life plan. Document it in writing. Share it with your family. Appoint a very wise healthcare proxy and then go out there and enjoy the rest of your life with fun and, and grace. I'll see you on the second Tuesday of next month. Thank you.